Um, today we're going to be talking about the, the concept, is church about Sunday, or is it about every day of the week? You know, we all have some bad thinking about church. The, the, it, it comes from things that we have experienced in the past. Uh, all of us have, that have church experience, you, you, you started somewhere. And the way we are, the, whatever that experience was, that was what was good. And so whenever there's something different or, or whatever, it makes us, the first reaction is they're doing it wrong. All right? We, we, we have these ideas that, that, that we hold tight because they're connected to our emotions, they're connected to our spirits. And, and so we, we have these, these ideas and stuff that we'd have allowed to become scripture for us when in truth... The way we do church right now across this nation, actually across the world, has little to do with the scriptural traditions of what worship is about. There, there is, there's no commandment to go build church buildings. There's no commandment to have all the kind of programs and stuff we do. There, you'll get over the, it's not wrong to do those things, but when those become the primary thing and we miss the intention, then we're on the wrong track. And what is the intention of church? Why, why do we have church anyway? Why would God mess around with, with churches? Because he created us. He knows that we love bureaucracy. He knows that we love to create rules and stuff. Well, you laugh and, and, and we, you know, we hate it. I hate it. But you know what? i Form my own forms of bureaucracy for myself. It, it's just the way we are. There's something about us that give us something good and we'll screw it up with a bunch of rules. I, I can do that in my family. I can do that in the church. You, you've done that different places. You have a good experience. You want, and it's good intentioned. It's well-intentioned. We want people to have a good experience. And if we don't control them, then they're not going to have that experience. So we need some rules. And then somebody messed up over here. So let's make a rule about that person so that we can affect it. Before you know it, we have church. It's a bunch of rules designed to make you love God more because you're too stupid to figure it out on your own. So we have to tell you how to do it. And... and and you've been on the wrong team before. Some of you have come from wrong teams before. You know, they thought they were a good team, but they're not. We're the best team. And so now that you're here, you'll love God more because we're the best team. We love everybody, but we're the best team. I'm being facetious. Those of you that are visiting that are giving me a look like... <laughs> some of you that I don't recognize are looking at me like, oh my gosh, we're in the wrong place. Yeah, we, we have some wrong ideas about church. We'll talk about some of those. What we're going to talk about this morning is one of the ones that is the most common. It is the idea that religion, spirituality, our connection to God can be compartmentalized. That we can, we can sort of cordon off our religious self. The reason we do this is because we all have examples of somebody in our life that's went too far, that was obnoxious. We've seen them on TV. Maybe they're in our family. Maybe they're our spouse. Maybe, maybe it was a parent. They went too far with the whole religion thing in our, in our view. And so we have this tremendous fear of becoming too fanatical. 
And our culture has pretty much made any type of, of belief, uh, especially firm belief, has made it negative. And so we, we have this thing that tells us we shouldn't go too far with religion. Add to that our, our selfishness and our need to control and want to be in charge and our unwillingness to, to submit to a higher authority. And we have sort of created the, not sort of, we have created this environment in which if we're going to do the religious thing, it fits right here. We section it off. And it's not just religion we do this with. We also do it with politics. Most of us, some of you carry it on a little too far, just like <laughs> we do it with politics, we do it with work, we do it with recreation. We have these sections of our life, and depending who we're with, where we are, what we're doing, determines what box we open up. It's no wonder the world thinks we're irrelevant in church. Because the, the example they get over and over and over again is people who say they believe with all their heart that there is a God who loves them and then they spend all their effort telling them how that God is going to punish them and they see the lives of the people who take on the name and it makes them go, what? And one of the biggest things is the hypocritical stance we take that God is everything, God is love, God is all-powerful and yet we only... Pay attention to him on this one hour out of the week. That's how we've diminished the powerful thing that God wanted to do through the church. The church is the hope of the world. The church was not a bureaucracy. The church was God's mechanism to get his message of love and redemption out to a hurting world. Because he loved us so much, because he, want us, he wants to be in relationship with us, because he doesn't want even one person to go without knowing him. The church was his way of communicating that. It had nothing to do with bureaucracy. It had to do with relationships. You, you, you're not going to find the pattern of worship that we follow in, in American churches in the scriptures. There's it's not in there. It's in our hymnal, which a lot of people think are, are, are the scriptures. It's in the bylaws and all that kind of stuff. But the pattern of worship, you know what the pattern of worship was in the, in the scriptures? You find it in Acts. It started right away. As Jesus was ascended and he went back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father and he gave power to his disciples and the Holy Spirit came down upon them and they were moved and they came together praising God. You know what they did? They formed groups where they encouraged one another and they prayed for one another and they shared their possessions with one another. There wasn't a need. They didn't need welfare. They didn't need government programs because they took care of one another. And they prayed together and they read scripture and encouraged one another and they told their friend that was the early pattern of worship. An all-encompassing all change that affected them, a light that invaded their darkness that they allowed to shine to the world. Man, how did we get so far away from it where Church is just sort of an hour we, we check off our list. 
And even in doing that, we're proud of ourselves. Even though we've minimized life-changing transformation and all-encompassing love to a one-hour half, I have to, I'm sorry, half effort uh, thing. I almost slipped into my old world, but... Even though we've taken it that far down, then we, then we still have the gumption to be proud of ourselves that we gave that hour. Man, how far have we gotten from the original intent of what the church, God's mechanism of love, God's transformational mechanism, how far have we let that fall? Church is not about Sunday. We cannot compartmentalize God's life. God is not halfway. God's love is all-encompassing. When he wanted to demonstrate his love for us, he didn't go just a little bit. He didn't do what was safe. He went with everything. He gave everything he had, his son. He didn't stop with just a little bit of sacrifice, a little bit. He went every, all the way, even giving his life. Uh, for our behalf. Light and darkness are not halfway concepts. And God, when he brought light into the world, didn't go halfway. And if we have been exposed to the light, if we have been changed by the light, that light is going to show in our lives. I can sit with the little kids and I can say, should we only love God on Sunday? And we can, oh no, even a little kid knows that. Even though they know that's stupid. But then we walk out of here and that's the way we live. Let's look at a passage. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. All encompassing. All the way. It's not partial light. It's not halfway. It's all light. God is light. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in darkness. We're not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus Christ, his his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. He says, man, if God is light and when light comes, it affects everything. It drives out darkness. And our invitation is to take that light, share it with others. Jesus said that, go to Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Don't hide your light under a basket. Put it up on a hill so everyone can see it. You have a message to share. You You have a change to announce. Every one of us knows people that need hope. Every one of us knows somebody that that could use some encouragement, maybe even ourselves. We have that message. The message that 
that God loves us, that he doesn't abandon us, that we matter, that he will go all the way to prove his love for us, that no matter how far away we've been, we're never too far for God's reach, that his grace is able to change us no matter who we are or where we've been. That's the message. That's the, that's the message of light that is shown upon you. And he says, you can't, you can't take on that name. You can't call yourself Christian. You can't, you can't play that game if you're still living in darkness. Here's what he's saying. You can't, you can't pretend you're in the light one day or one hour and then live the rest of your life in, in darkness. Light changes things. Light drives out darkness. If, if the light has invaded your life, if it has affected you, if you've received it, it's going to change who you are, how you act, how you live. See, we've given each other permission to be hypocrites. We've given each other permission to only go halfway. Or not even halfway. We've just given each permission to feel good about taking a step. What John's saying in this letter is, man, if God gave everything for us, why aren't we willing to give everything? And if we're not giving everything, we're just being liars by taking on his name, by taking on the claim that we've been changed by him. Church is not meant to be an institution. Church is not meant to be about a day of the week. It's not meant to be about entertainment. It's not meant to be about how, how enjoyable it is. It's about how we center ourselves with God. The Sunday meeting part, it's important. We need it. That's where we, that's where we reconnect. That's where we build one another up. We're, we're out in the world fighting against the darkness all the time. We get beat down. You need some help. You need some friendly faces. Sunday is about that, where we get to come back and say, hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, how are you? We, I've been praying for you. That's what Sunday is about. It's the family getting back together to say, hey, man, we're okay. Here's another shot of adrenaline. Get back out there and, and let's go. It's important, but it's not what church is about. God's love is meant for everyone, not just to us. God's love encompasses everything, not just an hour out of the week. God's light changes everything, not just what happens inside this building. What we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is asking some questions. What would happen if, what would happen if we treated church more like a life transformational thing rather than an hour to be checked off? How would it change us if we were as worried about what we did Monday through Saturday as we did in one hour on Sunday? What if our commitment for God was lived out not in an hour a week, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year? What if church was more about the people out there than the people in here? What if 
Church was more about where we go and what we do than where we come and what we get. We've got some bad ideas about church. And it's not just us, it's every denomination. We, have, we, we are the most consumeristic, selfish nation in the world. And the thing is, we're so educated, we're good about it. And we're, and we're able to convince ourselves that it's enlightened. What if we took church back to what it was when it began? A movement, a relationship, a commitment that encompassed everything, that took people who were failures at life, who were nobodies in the political scene, who gave them the drive and the desire to put the world on end and change it for everyone, who committed their lives for their beliefs. Maybe it's time we rethink church. And that's what we're going to be doing. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Now as your heads are bowed, if we're going to rethink church, we've got to first understand God and his love for us. And I know that even in this room, there's some folks that never have... They're still unsure about that God thing and about whether he can love us, whether we can have a relationship, whether they can trust him. I just want to let you know, it, that invitation is for you as well. The darkness that swirls around you, the darkness that you're caught up in, it's powerless against the light of God's love. And you don't have to do some fancy thing. There's not some special prayer or, or some special service you have to go through. It, if you want the change, if you want the, the light, it's as simple as a heartfelt, sincere prayer asking God to come in, giving him permission. And I'll warn you, it's not going to change everything. It's not going to take away your problems. It's not going to make it so you never suffer again. It's not going to make everything fall into place. You're still going to have problems. You're going to still have challenges. The difference is you're going to know that you have a God standing next to you all the time, that the creator of the universe is behind you, that there is the possibility of joy even in the midst of, of tragedy. And maybe some of us that have accepted that before. Maybe some of us that have been saying we believe it need to rethink what it means to believe. God, thank you for your love for us. We thank you for, for you going all the way for us, for not compartmentalizing who you are and the way you treat us. And God, we, we want as a congregation, we want as a people, we pray as a denomination and even as the church universal across the world that you would help us to rethink what it is we're supposed to be doing. What is our purpose? Why do you put up with it? What, what, is, what is it that we could be doing in concert with you so that your kingdom would come, so that your will would be done? Break our, break our pride, Lord. Break our selfishness. Break our stubbornness. 
Put us in a place where we can be used most effectively by you so that people might see your goodness, they might see your light through us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.